much for the man. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Welcome on in. Thank you for making us part of your day. Thanks to Gordon for filling in today on the post game. Thanks for Scotty, or to Scotty and uh, Hanson Scotty for filling in for uh, pre and halftime today. Band of the day today on the Big Show is Gladys Knight, selected by me and brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at LiveNation.com. I, I did not know this, Gordon. We just found out during the break that Austin is not a fan of Gladys Knight. It sure didn't sound like it to me. No, I'm not going to criticize Austin. He can like whatever music uh, he, he he wants to. I'm not judgy like, like you. But it just seems like a fairly benign artist to not be a fan of. That's, a, of, that's a great word for her uh, taste in music, benign. <laughs> okay. What, Gordon? Gladys Knight is one of the all-time greats. Some of the Beatles, but, but, apparently. But, but wait a second. What did you, you said I was being judgy? Yeah, you, you, you're you judgy about people's musical tastes. Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm really not. The only one that I've uh, resisted against was you and Austin's, uh, well, I don't want to use the word ignorance about the Beatles, but See, you know, that, that's, that's exactly what one. we're talking about. That's Austin the only I, one. Austin I, if you look inside your heart. Bad choice. Are you kidding? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you did. That's, that's Mariah. That, that's right. You do judge every band I pick. I do not. I do not. I picked Mariah, who is you one of my usually, very favorites. In, my, in, your, in my opinion, usually your choices are really good. Oh, okay. Well, I'm glad you... Band of the day today, Three Dog Nights, selected by me. This is the most overplayed song in the history of radio. Stop it. <laughs> Look, I had no problem with your choice. All I was saying was that song was so overplayed, and you guys weren't alive when it was happening, but so, so you can't really speak to it. But uh, those who were here listening know I've seen, that was the case. I've seen Three Dog Night in concert. Well, right. Uh, and I have no problem with that. Have you seen Three Dog Night in concert? Have you seen the magic that is Chuck Negron in person? No, but I listened to that song. What what year was that? The summer of like 1971? 71? I had a great 70? time at the Three Dog Night concert. We had great 72, seats. 72? 70? Which like one was row. it? 1970, I'm guessing. But I You can Google it, was, it. It was so overplayed. Oh, my gosh. Every other song on the radio is uh, joy to the world. Hmm. All right, Gordon, it is the big show getting started a little bit later today, but we're all uh, uh, adjusting to this uh, this new world of NBA all day, which, by the way, I love. That it we is have fun. wall-to-wall NBA games all day. It's so cool. It almost feels like every day is uh, NCAA tournament day. Yeah, it does have that feel to it. And I've been watching games that I ordinarily might not be inclined to watch. Uh, just because we're we're hungry to absorb what's going on, uh, Gordon. This uh, I'm just seeing this uh, uh, breaking Salt Lake Tribune news. Yes, uh, Jennifer Napier Pierce is resigning. Has resigned. The yeah, very- and, and I found out about that uh, about five or ten minutes before you did. So, what is this? Some sort of competition? Yeah, what, what are we, no, what no, I'm just that? saying that I, I, I didn't know. I didn't know about this until it happened. And it just happened. 
uh, I want to say, let's see, uh, maybe about a half hour ago. Any idea why? Uh, I do not know the details of it. No, but I will endeavor to find out. Hmm. How about that? That's a that's a pretty big change over there at your uh, your other job, your uh, your other less significant job, Gordon. And I have so many friends over there, and Jennifer, I consider Jen one of those friends. And so I, yeah, I'm. I will send her a message as soon as I can, expressing my best wishes to her, whatever she does next. But um, yeah, she's done. Uh, she's done fine work, no doubt about it. I mean, the Tribune won a Pulitzer Prize. Under her uh, leadership. So what does that tell you? Oh, there's some quotes in this article. See, quote, but as I'm sure you're aware, the board, this is, uh, let's see here. uh, This is in a letter she wrote to the nine-member board. But as I'm sure you're aware, the board chair and I have differences of opinion about newsroom coverage, management, and policies. Hmm. Uh, She goes on, these differences have sharpened over the past six months, and it has reached a point where the best thing for both me and the institution is to step aside. Wow. Hmm. Yeah, and I don't know exactly what, I wasn't uh, privy to those conversations, nor did I have conversations with uh, the board chair, nor Jen, about those differences. So I, uh, I do not know. Uh, what they were specifically or, you know, obviously based on what she says there, that they were fairly profound. Hmm. Wow. All right. Uh, well, there you go. So that's that's big Tribune news. How about that? It'll be interesting to see who the next, uh, uh, what, managing editor or executive editor of the Salt Lake Tribune. So there you go. Yeah, the, David Noyes uh, will be the interim uh, editor. And he is I mean, he's a pro's pro going back a long way. So I don't know. I don't have any information on how that will play out either. Well, are you insulted by that? By what? Well, I mean, they've got a sports columnist that could step into the void. Oh, please. No. No, that's not a job I would. Well, they should at least give long. you a phone call. Uh. Gordon Lee, navigate us through these troubled waters. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that I think about it, I, I was asked a couple of questions here and there, but I, I didn't really uh, put two and two together. Are you going to get to pick the next executive editor of the Tribune? Should I? I think so. I'll see what I can do. Austin needs a, a side gig. <laughs> uh, I've got four of those. <laughs> Well, uh, Jake, is that a job you would you would seek? Well, how much actual work is involved in that job? <laughs> I think quite a bit. Is it is it just one of those where I'm taking a nap in the office and everybody else does everything? No, a few, I remember talking with or I hearing that at one point there was somebody who was in a position of leadership at the Tribune, and when they were asked about it, they said they were asked if they were up to the task. They said, well, can you worry a lot? And he said, yes, I'm very uh, capable of worrying. He said, okay. Mm. So There's a lot of responsibility there. I mean, think about it. The Tribune is really, really important to the community, and uh, there's all kinds of considerations on every story that runs in that paper and on the website. So it's it's a big, big job. Hmm. All right, uh, we'll have the Not Sports Report coming up next.
<laughs> we'll talk we a little. Will. We'll talk a little college uh, football in the five o'clock hour. A fairly interesting thing happened in the Pac-12 today. We'll get to. Uh, we will get to that. And also, uh, I had a chance to do an interview, uh, Gordon, with Cam Meller. We'll get to that in the five o'clock hour as well. It covers uh, college football for SB Nation, and I uh, had a chance to record that earlier today. It was. Uh, it was really insightful. He's good. So you'll want to hear that. That's coming up in the 5 o'clock hour as well. Stay tuned. More Big Show next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Three, two, the Utah Jazz are back. Captain 2-3. Ow! And this is your Jazz Game Preview. Presented by University of Utah Health. The Utah Jazz moved to 2-2 two and two in seeding games with a 124-115 win over the Memphis Grizzlies behind balanced scoring led by Joe Ingles, 25. On Friday at 11 o'clock, the Jazz will play another early one. This one against the San Antonio Spurs, and the NBA may have found a magic formula. The 8-9 play-in game makes this a mammoth game for the San Antonio Spurs as Memphis continues to fade. Jazz and the Spurs, 11 o'clock tip-off right here on 1280 The Zone. This Jazz Game Preview is presented by University of Utah Health. They take care of Utah like Utah takes care of each other. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Thanks for making us part of your day. It is time, as we do every day at this time, for the Not Sports Board, brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Shop online, LHMUsedCars.com. Gordon, where are we going today? We're going to Hollywood. Uh, before I... Not, not Hooterville, but, but Hollywood. Let, let me ask you a question. Did you ever see the movie Gone Girl? No. Austin, did you see the movie Gone Girl? Yes, I did. Is that okay. the Ben Affleck flick? It is, yes. Yes. But I saw a story today that said the filming of Gone Girl got shut down for four days because Ben Affleck, a huge Boston Red Sox fan, refused, refused to wear a Yankees hat. Seems like a mature adult decision. <laughs> Wait, for it was delayed for five days because he wouldn't put on a hat? He wouldn't put on a Yankees hat. Okay, well, give him another hat. Who cares? Just put a, <laughs> gr- put a green hat on yeah, and then I superimpose I, it. Do you remember why that would be significant since you saw the movie, Mr. Movie? He was a Yankees fan, his character, no? Well, they, they don't take the role. And, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a, I think it was a made a bigger... Or at least not a, not a big deal, but it was talked about more in the novel. And maybe the author wanted that in the movie for sure. I don't know. You'd have to dig into it. Here's what bugs me. He's an actor. You're playing a role. Wear <laughs> the hat, you moron. Yeah, but here's the thing, Nobody, Jake, Nobody's it, watching this movie and go, oh, Ben Affleck must be a Yankees fan. He's playing a character. Well, this gets back to our conversation about you rooting against your friends' teams. You don't think it matters. You don't think it's important. But, Jake, you are not living it the way some fans do. You know, And so it does affect them personally. They think it does. And if they, whether it does or it doesn't, if they think it does, then it does. 
And so same thing in this case, because and that's a really interesting point you bring up, because a lot of times people say uh, you bring up the name of an actor and they say, oh, I really like him. I really like her. Well, why do you really like him? You like him because you like the roles he's played or she has played. But that's not who they really are. They're acting. They're actors. That's not who they are. And I think some people have made a lot of money through the years because they pick roles that they think will be popular with their fan base out there. So are you defending Ben here? No, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just I'm just saying that he did it. Uh, he was unable to detach from that. And so I think an actor should be able to detach. Uh, that's why some actors really like playing the bad guy. They like playing bad characters. They think that's more fun. In fact, let me ask you this. When you think of an actor who played the role, an evil role, what's the best one that comes to mind? An actor playing an evil role. They played the same character, but Heath Ledger and Joaquin Phoenix. Yes, I thought that's what you'd say, oh, Austin. I was, it's hard to it's hard to disagree with you. I was going to go with Ursula from The Little Mermaid. Oh yes, <laughs> who played that? Roseanne. Who was I, that? I don't know. I don't know. But talented actor. You know who played that role in some in some uh, stage production of it somewhere? I think it was, uh, Rebel Wilson played Ursula. I, I think, think in, she's uh, going Australia. to be Ursula in the remake live-action version, is she not? Oh, is she? I did yeah. not know that. That anyway. Lin-Manuel Miranda's doing, yeah. Is that, I think is that Mike needs, Wilson's niece? It is. An no. actor needs to be able to detach Brian completely and play the role regardless of the evil nature of the role. If you're playing a bad guy, you're playing a bad guy. Oh. If you're playing a good guy, you're playing a good guy. Actually, I like it when they mix a little bit because I like good guys who who have some sides to them that make them more human. The antagonist is always more fun than the protagonist. But, but, yeah, but, and so if you're if your role in, if you're supposed to wear a Yankees hat and you think that that's a bad thing, well, that's your job as an actor. So here's here's my issue here is is why do people choose where they choose to draw the line in the sand? You had an interesting one yesterday that we don't need to get into. But Ben Affleck, as playing a character, has probably done everything from killed somebody to snorted cocaine. <laughs> but all of a sudden, for a role, he's not going to put on a Yankees cap. Yes, I so, agree with so you. So it's it's okay to send out all those other messages, but heaven forbid you put on a cap from a baseball team that you don't root for. Or in real life, cheat on your wife with the nannies, okay? But in fake life on the movies, you can't wear a can't Yankees wear a cap. Yankees cap. No, but but seriously, that's where you draw the line in the sand. I mean, well, I'm talking, I'm talking, and taking both sides here. I agree with you, Jake, but I am pointing out that it does run deep with fans. Uh, but yeah, I do, like, but like, I do like, agree with you. Like, I think your point is is well made and should be adhered to. Like Beatles what? fans, for example, where you will say that your wife calls you a friend's name, but you won't say anything negative about the Beatles because you're a fan. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like that? Lisa's well, pet name for me is Bowler. No, because I know that was a joke, and, and she's never uttered Bowler's name other than talking to him. And I know that from personal experience. <laughs> Don't want to break your heart, Bowler, but that's the truth.
Well, you saying the Beatles are overrated would be a joke to you. Yeah, it would be a joke. It's That's what incriminating audio is. Yet you decided, nope, not doing it. I'll say anything else, not that. Well, you kind of did, uh, you did sort of back me into a corner on that. I That is a bit hypocritical, isn't it? Well, speaking of that, what was that 90s movie with Sigourney Weaver? What was that? Didn't they remake uh, it in the 2000s? No, not not that. Not not Galaxy Quest? Well, that that was one. What was that about, Gordon? I don't know. You didn't see Galaxy Quest, Gordon? I don't think I did. What about that other movie? What am I thinking of? You know what? The one with the the mouths coming out of the mouth. You know what I you know what I'm talking That's about? That's Predator, uh, isn't it? Uh, no. I think it, it involves some sort of I don't know, is it Oh alien? Yes! <laughs> I win! Oh, you see? I win! See? No, no. Winner, no. winner, chicken! No, 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 no way. Yes. No way. Yes. I was trying I was trying to help you out because yes. and you lured me into that. That that no. <laughs> oh, we will be selecting incriminating audio for Gordon. What, what kind of sucker am I? <laughs> if you remember. Oh, gee, I don't know, Jake. I was alien. <laughs> what an idiot. <laughs> That's a one one I'm day. Gonna, I'm going to, during the break, I'm going to slam my head in the door to penalize myself for that. Give me a break. Tweet in your suggestions now. <laughs> Good so grief. That was the dumbest thing, and I've said some dumb things through the years. I understand that. But that was the dumbest moment in my 45-year radio history. If you missed the end of the show yesterday... Gordon said he would record incriminating audio if he ever brought up aliens on the show again. (laughs) You are very untrustable. Hot looking. I can't believe that. I will never trust you again, Jake. I thought you knew. I thought you were. Honestly, I I thought you were playing along. I thought you were playing along too. What a. I'll never have a bad day again. Oh, I, I love this show that. so how much. I, how did I fall for that, Jake? Oh, I love this show so much. That was yeah. absolutely amazing. Oh my goodness! I I, I don't know. I, I got to come up with some penalty for myself that's oh. worse than incriminating audio for that one. I walk straight into that door. Should we end the show? Is that I good? Think we're retiring we, now. Should we just I go don't... with dead air for the rest. Oh my that. gosh. <laughs> That was pathetic. That was the goat moment. Oh, I am so happy right now. I'm so happy. You you are. You're devilish, man. You know what? All the the pandemic and all the sadness in the world, it's gone for this this moment (laughs) right here. I am a I am a happy man. All right, stay tuned. We're talking college I'm never I'm never coming into the studio again ever. Ninety seven five and twelve eighty the zone. In fact, I will never bring up aliens on this show ever again. Oh, you promise? audio if you do. Okay. Wow. <laughs> well, speaking of that, what was that 90s movie with Sigourney Weaver? What was that? Didn't they remake uh, it in the 2000s? No, not not that. Not not Galaxy Quest? Well, that that was one. What was that about, Gordon? I don't know. You didn't see Galaxy Quest, Gordon? I don't think I did. What about that other movie? What am I thinking of? 
You know what? The one with the the mouths coming out of the mouth. You know what I? You know what I'm talking That's about? That's Predator, uh, isn't it? No. I think it, it involves some sort of. I don't know. Is oh, it alien? Yes! <laughs> I win! Oh, you see? I win! See? No, no. Winner, no. winner, chicken! No, 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 no way. Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Ah, wow. Life is good today. It just See, is. You it's play, the Big you Show. You play that back-to-back and it makes it sound like I fell for that inside of five minutes. And that was yesterday. Mm, 16 several, hours. Several hours. <laughs> I can't believe that. that. That was pathetic on my part. No, it was not and it was, and it was downright dirty on your part. <laughs> it was a joke. I honestly thought you knew what we were doing because we had just talked about no. the incriminating audio bed. Yeah, I know, but I hadn't thought about that. I didn't put those two things together. And then as I heard it back, Austin said what he said, and then it, 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 it was pretty obvious what you were trying to get me to do. Well, Galaxy Quest was also about aliens, by the way. Yeah, I know, but I didn't see that. So. Yeah. Well, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Gordon. It was really meant as a joke. Yeah, well, it worked. All right. Well, I'm going to be thinking about uh, you know, Austin and I were brainstorming some ideas uh, during the break of what to have you record. Some of it uh, not suitable for air. Okay. But I just hope you guys can live with yourselves. Oh, yeah. I've done a lot worse. Oh, I certainly can live with myself. You kind of pushed me into that. We it did bait dirty. you into that, but it was it was a joke because we were just talking about it. That's all. How was that dirty? Because you knew that you were trying to lure me in, and I wasn't thinking about that since that was yesterday. <laughs> it was yesterday. Not today. It it's not like we had the conversation year. in the last segment. Speaking and of then yesterday, it was obvious what you were trying to do. Speaking of yesterday, what an overrated song by an overrated band, right, Gordon? Oh, oh yeah, we we were thinking. How one about how about this for a time? Great. How about this for a suggestion? Lennon and McCartney were hacks. No, you know I'm really not an actor, <laughs> so I really shouldn't hold myself to that standard. You won't. We will. <laughs> so now I mean, you owe me. Look, by the way, now the, you owe me two. The whole reason that I'm... Well, you still owe somebody one that we've never even done. Was that DJ? That Who was, was David, it? That was David James, and David's more than welcome to collect whenever. All right. I may uh, be in touch but with him. But you owe that. me for the, the Donovan bet before the season. <laughs> the season's <laughs> not over and yet. And now the Aliens bet. That's true. The season is not over yet. And if Donovan averages over 27 points by the end of the year, then, then uh, I'd be happy to do it. Well, what I'm really trying to do is save you guys from embarrassing yourselves like what you just did when you said what you said about the song yesterday. Except for it's um, going to be you saying it. <laughs> yeah, but it's going to be your fault. And every time that Austin plays it, I'm going to bring it up that you made me do it. Well, you do that with incriminating audio anyway. <laughs> and then Not Austin usually. will just play it going to break when you don't have a chance to respond. I mean, it's it's that easy. Hmm. All right. Well, I, I you tricked me, uh, but uh, I'm not going to. Uh, Are you mad at us uh, for tricking you? 
A little bit, but uh, I, I, can, I can handle it. You can't it's be fine. mad at us. We were joking. I thought you were playing along. No, I, sh- I should be mad at myself. It was not pre-orchestrated. <laughs> it was not pre-orchestrated at all. I honestly thought you were you were on board with what we were doing there. That was funny. Why would I be asking about random Sigourney it, Weaver movies? <laughs> that that would be that would be a lot easier had I been in studio and I'd been able to actually true. look at you guys. <laughs> That's true. You know? That's true. Oh, I can't I can't wait. <laughs> You're a bad man. You're a bad man. You're, You're one of those a man people of that bad character. Blames your I've bad choices on everyone else. I'll say it again. <laughs> bad I mean, character. This, yes. Bad character. Who would do that character? to someone? Who would do that to someone who's who's trusting you? <laughs> you would. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna welch. I'm not gonna oh, peel off. What you know, what but... what band should we have Gordon say that are better than the Beatles? Nickelback. <laughs> That's good. That's good. The chipmunks. That's too obvious. The chipmunks are better than the Beatles. More musical the talent. Uh, let's see. Who else? Who's like a really bad one-hit wonder? Who did that? Uh, who did that blue song back in the early two thousands? Eiffel sixty four. Eiffel sixty four. Better than the Beatles. <laughs> who's that band? Who's that? Who are those two guys that weren't actually singing? They were lip singing their music uh, back way back when. Millie Vanilli. Millie Vanilli. Yeah. Millie Vanilli. Greater than the Beatles. <laughs> Limp Bizkit. <laughs> How about that? John Lennon had nothing on Limp Bizkit. <laughs> now we're just making Gordon legitimate mad. See, I can't even say that word. That guy's name. That sounds profane somehow. Limp Bizkit. Yeah. I think it's spelled with like a Z in there too, isn't it's it? Biscuit. Biscuit. Yeah, I know, but I don't want to hear about anybody's limp biscuit, all right? That's the name of a band. You don't need to make it dirty. <laughs> it just sounds bad. And what part is the biscuit? Never mind. Yeah, no, no. I I don't know where Gordon's strange mind is going. Andrew Redhart, where are you? Yeah, right. Uh, Gordon, let's get to some quick Pac-12 news. We're, we're going to play a conversation uh, in the next segment that I had with uh, Cam Meller. Stay tuned for that. He was very good. Covers college football for SB Nation. Uh, but John Wilner had this report today. Gordon, I'll just read right from it. The Pac-12 <clears throat> is planning a, <clears throat> excuse me, planning a mammoth loan program that would provide an escape hatch for cash-strapped athletic departments in the event the football season is canceled because of a coronavi- uh, the coronavirus. Uh, football accounts for the majority of each department's revenue, generating in excess of $50 million in ticket sales and media rights alone. The loan program would be large enough to cover that loss for each school if needed. According to a series of emails obtained by the hotline through public records requests, the loan would provide a maximum of $83 million for each university at the rate of 3.75% over 10 years. And it uh, it goes on, but basically the Pac-12 is is saying that uh, we'll loan programs money to get through all of this. Well, I guess I'll say it this way. What uh, lending institution wouldn't love to uh, get those kinds of sizable loans from credible institutions that they know won't won't uh, you know default? I mean that's that seems like that is exactly what it sounds to be and that is money in the bank. Well, I you know, 
I, I think this is a good thing from the league. I'm, I'm a little surprised that they have this kind of actual, like, liquid cash that they can lend. I mean, that's that's pretty amazing, right? I mean, if they, they gave everybody $80 million. Yeah, but they're going to get, they're going to get uh, that at interest back. Uh, no, I, I, I get the, the process of, of lending. But why does the Pac-12 have... Uh, that kind of money, just is it really coming cash out of the coffers? Is it coming out of the coffers of the Pac-12, or are they getting their uh, resources from somewhere else? Uh, I don't know. I, well, maybe I don't sure. know. Maybe it's in uh, Larry Scott's bank account. I don't know. So anyway, it'll it'll be interesting. I wonder if we'll find out which schools take advantage of uh, of this. I mean, you don't want to borrow any money unless you have to. But I mean, we've seen the financial situation that uh, that Cal and UCLA are in, for example. And I'm sure this comes as you know uh, welcome news. They're being rescued. Is that something that if you were running an institution that you would go for? I mean, that sounds like a lot of debt. And maybe these guys are used to that kind of dollar figure, but that sounds kind of risky to me. But I guess if you're on the brink, but don't these schools all have large endowments that they can? They don't have to, uh, you know, borrow money to to take care of their business. I heard Hans talking a bit about this earlier, and and uh, he's right. It's not that simple. <laughs> where you can just I know, uh, I know. take it's money all out compa- of the endowment. And, no, I and, get uh, that. It's compartmentalized. The, but yeah. if if you have a part of your institution that is that far underwater, you, you know, you should be able to come up with some way of, of solving that without borrowing money. Well, it's actually kind of funny. Before all of this, UCLA, the athletic department, borrowed money from the university, and the university said, okay, that loan is interest-free. Cal did the same thing, but the university is charging the athletic department interest. Hmm. Well, at least it's uh, being kept in the ballpark, you know. Uh, but... Yeah, I don't know. That seems. And besides, what happens if your athletic department defaults on your loan? You kick them out and bring in BYU. Uh, well, I'm not sure that's going to happen when a school is lending itself the money. <clears throat> well, no, that won't happen. I was more thinking uh, right, uh, the, the league. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kick them out. <laughs> That'd be funny. <laughs> Sorry, Cal. You you didn't make the the ten year payment plan. You're gone. Have a nice day. Yeah. Is this a regular thing? Do are do big time entities businesses borrow money on a regular basis? And I'm just unaware of that. Regular businesses borrowing money on a regular well, yeah, basis. I mean, yes. I mean, just to, that, I'm that thinking of any, every day. I'm thinking of any institution that you would think would be able to take care of itself. But are they borrowing big chunks of money like that? Is this is this, is there nothing weird about this at all? No, I don't think there is. I mean, the weird part is the the pandemic that would uh, totally affect the athletic department's ability to service that debt right now. But yeah, I mean, where do you think the money comes from to renovate stadiums and build new stadiums and athletic facilities? I mean, they don't just have hundreds of million dollars in cash just sitting in somebody's they, I office. Thought they, I thought they just leaned on their boosters for that stuff. And the and the taxpayer. Uh, no, for all the cash right up front. I mean that that's the big problem with Cal. The debt they can't service is on the the hundred whatever million dollars they poured into their stadium. What would what do you think would happen with state schools that uh, where the state legislature has some say in this kind of thing? I mean, what I wonder how that would be 
greeted if if uh, someone is is taking out these huge loans that way, whether they'd be okay with it. I suppose they would, but I don't know. Again, that's an area that's foreign to me. I I would, if I were an ins- running an institution, I would do everything possible to stay out of debt. No, I don't think that's really realistic for a university. But what you're talking about right there is basically BYU's philosophy, which has drawn a lot of criticism over the years. How so? Uh, people complaining about them not paying coaches. Oh, well, that should come from the boosters anyway, right? No, I, I mean, BYU's been, I can't believe you just said how so. I mean, hasn't BYU been criticized for being frugal with its athletic department for a long time now? Well, I, I think, but there, there's, what it, I guess the way I would say it is, what I would criticize is an attitude if there are boosters yeah, what's it called down there? The president's circle or something? I, don't, I can't remember what they call it. But uh, there's a booster group that does have the capability of conjuring big dollars for coaches. But I get the impression that in some cases, the institution itself has not wanted to sign off on that to the point where it gets where those figures get really, really high. I don't know that for a fact. I'm speculating. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think hardly any universities out there don't borrow money. Okay. Uh, well, it, it, maybe it's easy for them to generate that kind of income. And if you do have huge reserves of money that you can go to in, in an emergency if you have to, maybe it wouldn't be that big of a risk. But, but that's uh, that's kind of one of the things I've been trying to communicate with you throughout this whole thing is, is athletic departments don't have huge reserves of money. <laughs> They, they basically live paycheck to paycheck. I mean, they spend. Everybody gets, oh, all the money that's coming in. They spend every nickel of it. I mean, it's not like it's going into somebody's mattress. Didn't Wisconsin or someone else recently got themselves in a bit of a pinch that way? I, I can't remember, but they do. It, it, that is true. You know, it's, it's like when we talk about these athletes that have lots of money who end up in debt. Uh, and you think, what in the world? If you generated that kind of income, how in the world are you in debt now? Well, it's because they get used to a certain lifestyle and they get used to a certain income level. And they think it's always going to be that way. And it's not unless you're, uh, you know, uh, uh, unless you, you, you have a, an extent, unless you're Darren Williams. You well, well, what do you mean by the a certain lifestyle? Because honestly, it, the programs are, or these athletic departments are pouring that money back into the athletic department. I mean, that facility they built for the football and basketball teams up there, Gordon. Yeah. And they were talking about hundreds of millions of dollars. That that wasn't just a, a lifestyle thing. That was actually investing in their student athletes. Or well, see, I that's I what would, they tell I, us anyway. I, I would, well, I would agree with that as long as there's it's financially responsible. You know, if you're if you're going to spend money to make money, then I can understand that a little more. But just to spend it because you think it's always going to be there, or to spend it because you think uh, you, you've got uh, it, it, it won't be a problem moving forward, that's where you can get into trouble because that money isn't always there. And of course, nobody can really predict a pandemic like this. But I I think it would be smart to avoid debt wherever you can. And that's just my personal philosophy. You know, I understand that in business, sometimes you got to borrow to make, but you better do it responsibly or else you'll find yourself deep underwater.
Yeah, our friend uh, living in Salt Lake uh, tweets in. He says, I would imagine the universities are just like states and cities. They have a portion of the funds, uh, a portion of the funds, and then bond, borrow for the okay. rest, which is exactly what happens. All right. Well, I'm, I'm not real familiar with the way that works. But uh, if you can do it responsibly, then, then go ahead and do it. Um, and maybe, like you said, maybe in some cases, because of what's taken place in the past and a lack of vision, uh, maybe some of these universities are hard up against it, and there's nothing they can do about it. So they, they, they're desperate. I had a conversation earlier today with Cam Meller. He covers college football for SB Nation. He was very good. We'll play that for you coming up next. Big Show, 97.5 and 1280. Excuse me, The Zone. I'm here to introduce the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about from the guys you know and trust. Go Ooh, Turn it up. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. Yeah, yeah. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's the big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time to talk a little college football. Let's get out to the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint are coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and store availability. Joining us now from SB Nation, he covers college football. He is Cam Miller with us here on the big show. Hi, Cam. Thanks for a few minutes. Yeah, I appreciate the time. Appreciate you uh, having me on. Wow, we have a lot to, to get to with you. There's no doubt. I mean, it's just craziness right now in college football, right? Let's let's start with uh, some of the conference solutions and uh, what they're intending to do anyway. What do you think about the plan the Pac-12 has come up with in particular? Uh, you know, I, I I like the plan. I like the the thought process that went into it. I think you you go into it and you try to figure out all the variables, which is. Uh, impossible at this point of time in this in the middle of a, a global pandemic. But what I do like, and I think that's where it's a good place to start discussions here at the Pac-12, is that they allowed the rivalries that are important to not only fan bases, but fans around the world. I think they did a very good job of trying to preserve those in, in these unknown times. You know, you have USC and UCLA start, supposed to kick the season off, but they also mimic the bye weeks for those two schools. And I think they did that across the board. They kick off with the biggest rivalry games, Arizona, Arizona State. You have the formerly known as the uh, Civil War, Oregon, Oregon State, and they all mimic bye weeks. So in case there's these fluctuations, it looks like, you know, priority one was to get the famous games and get the, the most sought after, most watched games uh, definitely in. So if, if they did one thing right, that I, I think is where you start, and, and that's where you say that the Pac-12 did it, did it well. What about the conferences that are still going to play a non-conference game or two, as we found out in the case of uh, of the Mountain West? is it, Would it have been smarter for them to go internal, just conference only? Or what do you think about the possibility of them trying to squeeze in non-conference games? I, I think it's the general consensus that I've, I've felt around the student-athletes that I've talked to. It seems a bit like a money grab. And I understand the Mountain West needs more money than maybe the Pac-12 does, especially with the loan talk. Uh, that they're discussing today or that broke today. But, you know, I think it's if it can be done safely, which nobody really knows, but if you have, pro, you know, health protocols and guidelines, I don't see why not having a non-conference game because that's the majority of those times, you know, that we get to see other players for these other, you know, group of five schools in general. Uh, so I'm, I'm happy with it just as long as it's done safely because that's really, you know, these student athletes need a voice at most times, especially now, though. And I'm happy that they're finding it on their own, but also, you know, as long as it's done safe for them. 
Well, I mean, it's a, it's obviously an important topic of conversation, not only for those uh, those teams in the Mountain West like Utah State, but also BYU, who needs somebody to play, and they can play those other independent schools, not UConn, uh, obviously, after the news today. But, you know, they need other opponents, and uh, why I think it was important that at least, you know, the Big 12, the Mountain West, those two in particular, are going to play non-conference games so they have someone to play. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate for these independent schools that they don't uh, get the Notre Dame treatment and get you know brought into another conference or, or or allowed to not play football in the conference that they actually belong to, like Notre Dame. So I do like it for that reason too. That's actually one that I hadn't really necessarily thought about is that what do these independent schools do? And I think that's that may be another root cause for why UConn did cancel their season as well because they just couldn't quite. Uh, you know, make it happen. So, you know, and they might not be alone. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure of the, you know, finances there at UMass, but I got to imagine that it'd probably be more expensive for them to play than not. I would assume it would be too, especially at this point when majority of the time you're going to have to travel as well and you can't even bank on any sort of season ticket revenue or ticket revenue in general. So, yeah, I, I would assume that we're, we're not alone in seeing UConn or UConn's not alone. Uh, we're talking to Cam Meller, uh, and you mentioned earlier, Cam, that uh, the Pac-12, the news we found today, they've got this mammoth loan program, and they're going to help their schools through the coronavirus. What is, I guess, what are you reading into that? What, is, what does that say? Good thing, bad thing? What's your takeaway? Uh, it's a good thing for the schools, definitely. And I mean, at this point, if there is, it's good to know that if the players are going to be, you know, thought of, and if they do boycott, and then if it's not safe for them to play, if they're not going to play, then at least the schools themselves won't be hurt too much. I, I don't necessarily know what's going to happen in terms of, you know, how the players are going to react to that. I think we're still learning that and still piecing that together. So I do think it's at least good for the universities. You know, they're not going to take too much of a hit or too much uh, or what the hit that they probably thought they would have been. But it's very interesting to see that the Pac-12 can do something like this very well, but other things that they can't do very well. We've talked about uh, the players and their commitment to play or not. Of course, a big story about the Pac-12 players uh, making some demands to the conference. And, you, you know, we've seen we saw a roller coaster of a story with Colorado State yesterday and uh, what may or may not be going on there. How much is the season in jeopardy due to reasons like that? Oh, I think it's even more so in jeopardy than just when it was just a pandemic we had to worry about. I think with them finding their voice, we're a little bit late in the game for voices to be heard. And I think we saw it with the big 10 players. They, they came out, they have their very well organized, not quite as needy demands as the PAC 12 players did, but they also understood the time frame, saying with how short it is and how much we want to save a season, we need to get started on this now. And so I think that it's, we're more so in trouble of a season not happening right now, especially since, I mean, what these big 12 schools are supposed to kick off in three and a half weeks at this point. And so, I mean, we're, we're looking at, uh, <laughs> It's very it's dicey to say the least at this point, and that's not even just with the pandemic we're talking about too. How catastrophic would it be to not have a season? You know, I've I've waffled. I've been I've said I'd be very sad. Uh, I I know I would likely lose a few more colleagues of mine as well to furloughs and to layoffs. Not just a few, probably if we didn't have any sort of football season. But as long I think the longevity and the health of the sport would be better off if there wasn't if there was going to be long term effects for these student athletes because we'd be better off without it. So it would be, it would be terrible. It would be catastrophic to more than just the players, more than just the coaches and universities. It would be catastrophic to media outlets. I mean, I don't think radio would be, you know, radio has got other sports, so I think you guys are okay. But us sports writers that bank on college football alone, especially we, we'd be in jeopardy. We'd, we'd be a little bit bored. I think you'd see other hobbies start to pick up as well across the world, but uh, it would be, it would be pretty rough. 
Oh yeah, there's no doubt. Uh, radio's already been impacted across the country. I mean, it, this is this is a very real thing uh, for for everybody in the industry, no doubt about it. And Cam Miller is with us from SB Nation here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, Cam, I, I want to ask you about some on the field stuff. I know you've uh, tweeted over the past couple of days so about some BYU players. Want to ask you about our local programs here, and let's start with the Cougars. If we're able to see some sort of season, what are your thoughts on the potential uh, at BYU this year? Well, I think outside of Provo, I, or I'm actually maybe even including inside of Provo, I'm probably the biggest Zach Wilson fan in the country. I know that there's a, there's a discussion and people don't want him and they would rather see Hall. Uh, but I think Zach Wilson, when he's healthy and when he's on his game and when he's got maybe one of the better left tackles in all of college football blocking for him and Brady Christensen, I think the combination of Zach Wilson healthy with Christensen on his blind side, pass protecting at elite levels, you know, there's, there's very few better, if not, Wilson and Christensen are atop the leaderboard for court returning quarterback and left tackle combinations uh, because you see it across the the nation. You don't rest necessarily return a guy who could be, if he was in a conference first team in his conference or first team, all independent at this point in Zach Wilson, who just does everything you want him to well, when healthy and when given enough time uh, Wilson, I think is the star returner. In my opinion, I know, I know it's probably a controversial take, but then Peyton Wilger uh, at, at linebacker as well. I just think that he had, what I would classify as the best freshman linebacker season uh, in the nation last year. So returning is one of the better rising sophomores or redshirt sophomores. I know that everything's a little bit different. So, you know, I love what Wilger brings to the table at linebacker as well. So I think you have, uh, you know, star linebacker, star left tackle and a star quarterback to really be excited for. Utah is in a little bit different boat than BYU. In fact, um, uh, Kalani Satake was talking yesterday how great it is that he's got all this experience on his team. It's really helped him dealing with uh, with the pandemic. Utah, on the other hand, they're changing over a lot of their roster. They lose some key guys, including their quarterback and running back, uh, obviously, and they're going to be a little bit younger. They've got a transfer from South Carolina battling it out with, uh, with a redshirt uh, sophomore uh, for the starting quarterback position. What are your thoughts on the Utes and their potential? Uh, I think anytime you have to re- replace, I remember doing the count on this as well. So of their 12 defensive players who played the 12 most snaps last year, only Devin Lloyd returns. And so you're re- replacing 11 players that played well over 400, 500 snaps last season. And not only that, but at incredibly high levels. So when you lose guys like Julian Blackman and Jalen Johnson to the NFL, that's just the tip of the iceberg. They have to replace so much on defense that I'm just not sure that the Devin Lloyd can carry it. I know there's talented guys that are unproven and we've seen it happen here a time and time again, where teams quote reload, but I think reloading 11 or 10 starters on defense and 11 guys that played, you know, 400, 500 snaps or more on defense will be incredibly difficult. So especially then when you, when you lose Moss and Huntley from the backfield as well, I know Jake Bentley from South Carolina, four year starter at that point, starting games when he was 17 years old for South Carolina. So there's a reason he didn't quite necessarily keep his job. I know injuries held him back a little bit, but this guy is battle tested. This guy's tough. So I like Bentley to at least win this job uh, going forward and give sort of a, a unique approach and, and a guy who won't quit on you at all. Not that any, you know, Huntley quit at all or anything like that, but I'm just saying this is a guy that will grit out every play for the youths this year. So I like what Bentley can bring to the table uh, just based on his experience, his uh, experience alone. He is Cam Miller. Uh, Miller, excuse me. He writes for SB Nation. Cam, thank you so very much for coming on the show. We'll have to do it again soon. Yeah, my pleasure. Again, thanks for having me.
Cam Meller, SB Nation. Gordon, that was a, a fun conversation. He's a good guest. We're definitely going to have to have him back. But uh, he's uh, he's high on Zach Wilson and, and what's going on there at BYU. Thought that the, they're going to have a, a pretty good team. And you hear how familiar he is with uh, with Utah and what they've got going on. I thought some, some nice insight there. All right. Apparently we've lost Gordon. We hope everything's going all right over there at Casa de Monson. Uh, we've had very few issues through this whole thing, which is which is nice. But there you go. All right, we'll try to get Gordon back, and uh, we'll talk to him about what's going on and what uh, he heard from that interview. Hopefully he heard that interview. <laughs> Coming up next, what are my idea to join us this Friday from 2 to 6 at the Warehouse, 86 East University Parkway right there in Orem. Prices so low, it'll blow your mind. That's the Warehouse. Again, 86 East University Parkway in Orem. More straight ahead on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. Gordon, I love doing this show with you every day. Can I tell you that? It's truly a pleasure. And I, I look forward to it each and every day. Uh, well, I'm sorry I make it so easy for you. Oh, you don't. I, I just don't want you to be mad at me for entrapping you earlier today. Cause, uh, that you know. was entrapment. You did go Chris Hansen on him a bit. <laughs> did I? Yeah. Isn't that that guy's name? The, the To catch a predator <laughs> guy? <laughs> well, maybe that wouldn't be a good joke. Yeah, I don't know. That guy? Yeah, well, you said entrapment. That's what made me think. Oh, about. okay. I got you. You know, you know entrapment was Sit also down. a. Come on in. A, a Would you ba- like a cookie? A bad movie with uh, Catherine Zeta Jones and Sean Connery back in the day. Did you ever see that one? Never Gordon? heard of it. You know, yeah, that was. I did see that movie. Remember that <laughs> scene where she's uh, m- maneuvering her body through the, uh, the force field or the lights, whatever that was? Yeah, the laser beams, I do remember that. Laser Not surprised beams. that you remember that. Were there aliens in that movie? No, I don't think there were no. aliens in that movie. I can talk about it. See, here's, you guys beat me, all right? You got me to say alien because as a title of a movie, when I promised I wouldn't bring aliens up on the show again. <laughs> but now that that barrier has been busted, I'm going to talk about aliens all the time. Oh, don't be a bad sport. Don't do that. <laughs> I'll Come be on. in a great sport. Come on. Don't I'll be in a great that. sport. But now, now that I'm already in that territory, it's kind of like I'm free again. You're, you know, you, what? you let the genie out of the bottle, man. You maybe should have thought about this, Austin, yeah, uh, before, because now we're going to get, you know, we were going to be alien free, and that only yeah. lasted that lasted less than a day. But see, eventually, <laughs> this show today will end with Gordon recording incriminating audio at some point, and anytime he brings up aliens, I'll just play that incriminating. That's audio. a good point. So it's gonna it's gonna be his flamethrower against my flamethrower. So the the show is gonna become very combative. Is, is well, we'll see who can go. drive who crazier faster. <laughs> yeah, we all know that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we didn't do Austin's list today. You know, we didn't. We uh, we got sidetracked. It's a Tuesday with the game. Thursday thing. I thought. Oh, yeah. that's right. We'll I, I'm looking forward to it all the time. Well, we weren't uh, doing the big show at three fifty today, so. We'll uh, we'll get that uh, tomorrow, and then on Friday, you and I are going to be doing the jazz pre half and post, and Hans and Scotty are going to be doing the big show uh, live from the warehouse. So there's a little uh, uh, a little uh, uh, scheduling update for you, uh, Gordon. You heard Cam Miller in the in the last segment, and unfortunately, we had a couple of, of tef- technical difficulties. I want to get your reaction to what he had to say. He was very very high on BYU, uh, particularly yeah, Zach, Zach, Zach Wilson. Wilson. Yeah, yes, and, he was. Uh, he I thought he had a good take about Utah too. What do you think? I agree with him, and I think that B. Well, I I don't know whether Zach Wilson is the best quarterback they have down there. I'm I'm not sure. I need more evidence, 
People have talked about he wasn't fully recuperated from his injury, and if that's true, I get it. If it's if it's just talk, then it's just talk. But we'll we'll find that out whenever he's on the field again. And I don't know when that's going to be. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with college football this fall. But I am. I would look forward to seeing. And I think this is probably the. Well, I don't know. If is this the best BYU team uh, since uh, Kalani has taken over? Uh, it could be. They did have that nine and four team in his first year. But a lot of people give credit to those who were before Kalani for that. But I think it is possible that this could be the best team if they have the opportunity to play if there is a season and if BYU's season gets turned around because they've lost so much of their their opponents. Yeah, what do uh, you least... think uh, about UConn? On that note, what do you think about UConn shutting it down today? Yeah, that's a situation where the football program isn't bringing much money into them anyway, and so it's not as big a loss as it would be for other people. However, uh, it is – Notable, for sure. And I don't know whether we're going to see more of that. There's an awful lot of thought out there from people who who really are projecting that uh, college football is in trouble this fall. And I know that's not breaking news because so many people feel that way and that it's not really going to matter anyway. Uh, I don't know that. I do know there are some real red flags flying right now. And I'm a little worried about student-athletes and what they're uh, what they're subjected to, and I think that should be really should be the number one priority. But uh, we know how money has a way of wedging its way into just about everything. Uh, yeah. Well, which is uh, this is America. I mean, that's that's how things have worked around here for quite some time. And, and on but I'm U- hopeful. I mean, we can all be hopeful that uh, there's a situation, a prevalent situation that makes it possible. I just don't know. Well, I think in UConn's case, it shouldn't be any barometer for what teams should or shouldn't do because the truth is, with no fans in the stands, UConn is paying money to play football and not the other way around. And yeah. and FCS schools are going to have that same challenge. Although uh, we did, uh, when Austin and I a couple of weeks ago looked into the actual budgets of college football, uh, uh, college football athletic departments, uh, the FCS is actually propped up much, much more by, by states so maybe they can be more functional because they're not really worried about it because that funding isn't going anywhere. But uh, a place like UConn, I mean, they'd be paying, you know, probably a lot of money to play uh, a college football season, which just adds another barrier on top of everything, let alone trying to afford the safety precautions that are necessary. So, uh, so I hear you, you think- but let's not use UConn as the measuring stick. So do you think that decision was based on money, not on uh, the safety of the student-athletes and others? Yes. That's unfortunate if that's what it really is. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, certainly believable that that's the case. Why? Why is that unfortunate? I mean, they can't do it. I mean, to be able to do it, it's going to cost money. Because I want them to be have the number one priority be the, the welfare of the student-athletes. I don't want it to be money. I want it to be the most honorable thing possible, and that is taking care of the people who are involved in your program. Well, I mean, you could certainly make an argument that playing is actually in the best in- interest of those student-athletes, but but that, uh, I mean, that How can aside, you make that argument in the middle of a pandemic? Uh, because that's what college football players do. They play football to provide for themselves and an education, let alone— Not when people all around to, them are dying. 
I'm, I'm talking about them themselves. I'm not talking about society. And uh, in order to ensure their well-being, that costs money. And if you don't have that money because no money's coming in, then how are you supposed to do that? As I said, and I'll stand by my original statement, that the number one consideration should be the welfare of those involved in playing the sport. In regards to avoiding the coronavirus, not in regards to their actual welfare. Right. Gotcha. All right. Their health, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, mental health and there's some other things like, you know, health down the line and People that sort keep of bringing stuff. that up, and I understand that, Jake, but really the problem at hand here is that people are getting sick and some people are dying. Some people are, but I do think that there are other problems in the world than that. Yeah, but this is a this is one that needs to be handled with the utmost care. Well, close down the grocery stores then. Jake, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get in an argument over this. It's uh, too sensitive. And no, I think, it, it uh, is. It is sensitive. All I, the the only point I'm trying to make, Gordon, is there are other problems out there, and that money isn't necessarily this big evil thing. It's it's very much a factor in life functioning, and that's really the only point I'm trying to make. Yeah, but and, for for an institution to say, okay, we're not going to play because we're not going to lose as much money. It'll cost us money to do this, as opposed to being mostly concerned about the individual individuals who are involved in your program. I think that's an unfortunate uh, way of looking at it. All right. We'll have more big show coming up. Stay tuned. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. Wrapping up a big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Fun show today, Gordon. A little bit short on the big show side, but it was fun to do a little post-game action with you after a Jazz victory today. Yeah, what did we see? We saw the Jazz uh, remember how to shoot again. And it's not like they were stellar as far as their overall shooting went, 45%. But when 40 hit 40% from deep, then especially with the way the Jazz have been struggling in that regard, it shows that, uh, hey, it's it's just a matter of, of getting themselves straightened out. And it may have helped that they played the Grizzlies instead of the Lakers. That, uh, that usually is a benefit. But uh, I think between the Jazz's balanced scoring, the shooting from three points, and, uh, and the play of Rudy Gobert, uh, nothing, to, uh, nothing negative to take from that game today. Yeah, no, no the Jazz definitely played their best game in the bubble, regardless of uh, regardless of opponent, and yeah, Memphis is going to struggle. I mean, I, I don't know if you heard Locke on the broadcast rally off uh, or rattle off the rest of Memphis's schedule, but it's brutal. Like yeah. the Grizzlies might not win a game in this thing, yeah, and, and they, I'm not they, saying they, that to make fun either. I'm yep. saying like they're they're overmatched in every single ball game. Yeah, it's tough for them, and uh, even John Morant didn't really play all that well, and he's a he's a fine, promising talent. But, uh, yeah, the Jazz took care of their business. They got Joe Ingles to be more aggressive and actually look at the basket to shoot. He also was helpful in delivering the ball to other people. And, uh, you know, uh, Mike Conley looks like Mike Conley again. Certainly did today. And it played well against the Lakers, too. I know they lost that game, but... But he he's been much better, and and you pointed out the the comment you know Quinn Snyder was talking about in the post game that he's kind of just letting Mike go out there and be Mike, and you know maybe he was in his own head about fitting in and all those sorts of things, but if, it would appear that he's over that by now. Well, sometimes a coach does 
you know, put in a lot of information to a player, even a veteran player like Mike Conley, and uh, he needs to know how much information to give and then when to back away a little bit. And it sounds like Quinn has that figured out, and it sounds like Mike has it figured out as well. So they need that. Without Boyan Bogdanovich, they need guys like Mike Conley and Joe Ingles to – to be the best they can. All right. Uh, before we get out of here, you have a debt to be paid, sir. I do. You have incriminating audio to rec- record. Yes. I forgot all about you, that. What are you talking about? You promised, or you said that, that you would record uh, incriminating audio if you talked about aliens again on the show. And you talked about aliens again on the show today, and thus you, you owe us an incriminating audio. I did not talk about aliens. You asked me the name of a movie that happened to be alien. Yeah, that that's how it happened. Yeah, that's and true. that's that's a different thing. But I will play along. I will. I do not want to come across as being a poor sport, so I will. Uh, I will do what you tell me to do. Okay, uh, Austin. Do we want to just go with simply the Beatles are overrated? Yeah, I'd like it. You know, the, the Beatles are the most overrated band in history. A little more. Oh man, juice to on, that guys. steak, but. Do you? Because you tell me this. Because usually the longer incriminating audios don't get played because it takes so long. You know, like the, like what? I don't know. The 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 Lisa's pet name for me is Bowler. It's just so succinct. And so is uh, I'd agree with you, but then we'd both be right. Yeah. And so, so, oh, is so okay. Install lines are merely suggestions. So the Beatles, most overrated band is the Beatles. How do we want to word it? I'd say the Beatles are the most overrated band in history. Myself. All right, that's fine with me. Is it fine with you, Gordon? Doesn't matter. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, we're ready. Okay, you ready? Yep. The Beatles are the best band in history. Ah, uh, close. Nope. The Beatles are almost the best band in history. Nope. The Beatles are worse than the Monkees. Nope. The Beatles are worse than Limp Biscuit. Okay, that's pretty funny. But it's not not what you're supposed to say. <laughs> I do like the Limp Biscuit one, though. Let's keep that one. But that's not that's not, that's not paying up on the bet. The Beatles are worse than Millie Vanilli. That's funny too. All right, the Beatles. Come on, Gordon. The Beatles are the most overrated band in history. The Beatles are the most overrated band in history, and I hate you guys. Just trim out that last part, and we'll call it good. Okay. All right. Does that Fair work? Enough. Hey, Gordon, thank you for being a good sport and paying up. Goodbye. <laughs> I'll see you tomorrow, buddy. Uh, it's the Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone.